I sweated blood to get you this chance, Gary. You walk out on it and you can keep walking. I don't need this. And I do. The music, Sandra. It was great music. Maybe so, but it's not your music, Gary. Face it, you're not a musician. You're a nostalgia act. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And we are done with our detours. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation about Carnival of Souls. That was a lot of fun. Um, a weird movie, but I feel like that was the nice like way back in to this, uh, into the season two of the 80s iteration of the Twilight Zone. We'll talk more about that in a second. But yeah, we're back into the actual series again. Good, bad, otherwise. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, there's kind of a connective uh, line between the uh, narratives here too. So, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what everybody says about this because uh, we didn't make this, and it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to talk about this. But man, this is a weird one. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, if this is your first time uh, listening here, welcome to the show. Uh, this is uh, a, a Twilight Zone based podcast, and by what what I mean by that is we've watched the original series, we watched the two. Jordan Peele produced series. Um, we've talked about all that and the first season of the eighties iteration of the twilight zone that, uh, no one's talked about. I like, I'm sure, I'm sure if you go and look, there's probably be some people out there that have done some cherry picking. I don't know if anybody has, has, you know, the, the spine has the grit to do a watch through of every single segment of the eighties iteration. I don't think they do. I think you and I yep. are the people to do it. We are. We were the men chosen for this task. We, we were chosen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was our birthright. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, someone owes me a significant amount of money that I don't know about or whatever. Right. So, so yeah, I just want to, before we get into this improper, I want to point out that the first season that we covered, we did it segment by segment, not by episode by episode. I still think that was the best way to go, but it was a lot. It was a lot to get into. The first season had 59 individual segments. Um, and meaning that the, the, the show when it was broadcast, it was an hour long show. Uh, so it was like, it could have one, two or three segments covered them all. Uh, that had 59, uh, this season will, uh, also have, um, multi, uh, segment episodes to a point. And then we'll get them when we get there. Cause CBS started losing faith in the show and then it would switch to a half hour format. Uh, good, bad. Otherwise, again, we'll talk about that when we get there, I'm sure. So with that being said, this this season that we're about to get into, season two, had 15 full episodes that aired, but 21 segments. Um, with that all being said and done, then the third season two has a 30 full half-hour episodes. We'll get to season three. That's the Canadian season. I, everything revolves around maple syrup. That's probably not true. Um, we're already more than halfway through our discussion of this iteration of The Twilight Zone. Um, 
Isn't that crazy? It's really strange how that works out because there's two more seasons. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the actual story content and output, we're already like we we passed the halfway points just towards the end of the first season. So I just thought, thought that was worthy of mention. Doesn't mean that we're not going to be without content because, you know, it's just that the, this season's not going to take a year and a half to get through like the previous one did. So hooray, you know. So with that said, this is season two. Episode 1, Segment A, The Once and Future King, air date September 27th, 1986. Number one film was Crocodile Dundee, based upon a true story. Um, No. Um, I remember liking that film as a kid. I'm sure it's not good. Um, It's not bad. That's one of those ones that, yes, it's aged because, you know, 80 flicks like that are just strange. And, it, 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 you know, it's like if you take that narrative and put it in any other decade. It just doesn't work well. But in the 80s, they had some weird shit. <laughs> well, because like, we were in that love affair with Australia as Americans, right? Everything was just like, oh, it's they're like us, but they talk a little funny, you know? And But it's like, what if, they, if they did an update of that now, right? But meaning like you just took somebody that lives in Australia and brought them to America, it would just be, a, it would be just like, oh, okay, well, we have a difference of like, you know, background and food likes. I don't think there would be a whole lot of like, you know, somebody like a crocodile, like a jacket like a vest and like a hat and a knife running around New York. I mean, they could, right? But it'd be like if you did Chris Hemsworth in an updated version of Crocodile Dundee. I don't think it would go so well. Honestly, I don't think this is far removed from what they were trying to do as a remake. Uh, they've been trying, or at least maybe they, they stopped trying at this point because I haven't heard anything about it, but for some years they were trying to get a remake done of that film. Great. I mean, cause you know, it's like, you know, it's already a no commodity, so why not remake it? Right. So, all right. So yeah, that, um, that, that was the number one film. Number one song was Huey Lewis and the news stuck with you was the name of, uh, the song. I, um, I didn't find anything like day and date related. However, you know me, I will go looking for, um, just weird things to find. So I found, um, the uh, cover for uh, Cosmo, uh, the, uh, the issue of Cosmo from oh, September we go. of 85. <laughs> if it will let me open it, come here, open. Sure. There we go. Cosmopolitan, uh, 85. Um, I'm just going to read you the headlines here. Um, beating the man shortage. Okay. I don't know what that means. Uh, Cosmo finds the best places to meet them. The shy girl, how she can compete. Are these faults hurting your chances? Supporting a husband isn't the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, Terry, I just, I'm going to read this next one. Um, don't read into it. Why friends make the best lovers. Mm, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> the joy of uh, resuming an old romance. Just, you know, just, I'm just saying we've known each other for a while. All right. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. Good friends. Yeah, we're good, just you know, good, good friends, friends. You know, we just um, make the best lovers. So Nancy Reagan talks about her life, her husband, children, and staff, and the staff talk about her. I don't know if they if they make it a point to mention how they're openly ignoring the AIDS uh, epidemic at that point, and they killed unknown amounts of people, but whatever. All right. I'm going to guess that's not showing up in Cosmopolitan at that point. Um, 25 pages of fashion, a passion for Jersey, wicked shoes, witchy watches, um, Oprah Winfrey, her troubles and triumphs book, uh, con- was a book condensation. That's what it says. Um, Mayflower Madam, she rocked New York plus excerpt from, uh, Belva Plains romantic new novel, the golden cup, whatever the last that part I meant. But anyway, um, yeah, there we go. Cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan, um, 
you know, like beating the man shortage. There you go. That's uh, that's how you do that. I wonder what they considered the man shortage. Like, <laughs> did they mean that there were like too many preppy yuppies that were running around and not manly enough? Like, <laughs> or yeah, what? Like, like, what like, was going on? I, I want I want, I want to believe it's more like you know, get ahead and get and catch yourself a man, or you know, um, just beating those men because there's not many like, left and you've, you've almost won the war, right? Because yeah. you don't want to be a spinster for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shy girl, how she can compete? I don't know. Just whatever anyway but yeah like uh i just found that i thought it'd be funny versus me always finding like the play girl or play playboy covers there you go cosmopolitan september 86 it was worth two dollars and fifty cents then probably worth less now it, yeah especially since there was a nancy reagan uh article in there oh, yeah. <laughs> i mean she was part of the the war on drugs and that worked out really well too right so yeah right. yeah yeah, uh, Nancy Nancy Reagan talks about her life and her husband that was uh, already uh, uh, diminishing and his cognitive ability at that point. Uh, yeah. Nancy Reagan talks about her husband's old balls. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been yeah. a hell of a yeah. lot more fascinating than what I'm sure they had. Nancy had. Reagan talks about being the man shortage. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what we got. I didn't like it's it's tough sometimes with these 80s episodes to try to find something connective, but I was at least that's something a little bit of fun. So yeah. Uh let's get into who did what here. All right, so uh we got uh, a familiar name of uh in one, in one part of this here, but uh yeah, so our director is here is a uh, Jim McBride. Uh he did shows like uh, Wonder Years and uh 6 Feet Under. Uh, but the the one interesting fact about him is he did a, a made-for-TV movie, I believe it was, uh, called Great Balls of Fire. Now, this was about Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. Uh, and we will have some somebody else that's connected to this film as well. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, a biopic. And I believe that biopic happened after this. So I think so as I'm well. I wonder if, yeah, like, if this landed that position. Maybe, but like, oh, about Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, a guy that kind of came up with a rock and roll scene and also had problematic relationships with young women. No relation to this episode whatsoever. Especially his cousin. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe not that part, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we got that. And our right around here, uh, we have two credits. Uh, so the story is by Bryce uh, Martini. Yeah, Mar- Mar- Maritano, I think. Is Maritano. Right. Okay. So three credits. I wasn't familiar with the other two. I don't know if you had anything so- about one, right. one of the credits I have for him was very confusing to me. He wrote, um, I don't I, I don't know if he was a creator, but supposedly he wrote 53 episodes of something called Samurai Pizza Cats. Um, <laughs> sorry, no, he wrote one episode of Samurai Pizza Cats. It ran for 53 episodes. That's confusing uh, to me as well. Sorry. Here's the, here's the premise, because you can tell everything's chasing those turtles, right? Uh, the feline staff of a pizza joint fight crime with superheroes when called for. Um like if like my question is like if they don't like finish the crime in thirty minutes or less, do the criminals just get away for free? Like is that what it was? Like, oh, we didn't solve the crime. Guess you guys got away. I just want to know how they're fighting the crime. Are they just slinging like like hot marinara at them and stuff? Like what's going on here? <laughs> it, it's it, it's a bunch of uh, mozzarella sticks that are too hot, but you got to eat them. You know, you're like, yeah, uh, no, but it's, when they hit your face, they open up and then it's like hot, but lava. no, but you can't, you're like, they smell so good. You can't, you're compelled. Right. It's, it's all <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's going to hurt. Right. But you got it. You got to eat it now. Samurai pizza cats. There we go. There, hey, you know, Oh, Oh, crocodile Dundee needs an update. Come on. Come on. The world right now. 
you're 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 too chicken shit. You got to make this happen, right? Yeah. So. Where's where's our reload of uh, samurai pizza cats <laughs> yeah. that we need? I mean, street, <laughs> street sharks coming back that no one ever asked for. So, oh my god, is SWAT cats going to be next? To you? <laughs> SWAT cats? Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, anyways, this, isn't nostalgia amazing weird, isn't it amazing where it's like i loved all that it's like oh yeah what was it uh mighty, mighty morphin beetleborgs or whatever they're called big battle beetleborgs yeah you remember yeah you got to have that come back too right it's just you know yeah just <laughs> yeah so and yeah. uh well uh, our teleplay here is done by a familiar person we just talked about him um, and um, the the, the segment the uh, last the, defender, defender of Camelot, yeah, yeah, the last defender of Camelot. So it's a uh, George R R Martin, uh, more well known, uh, fame for uh, uh, what is it, Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to see that the dude is able to, you know, get, get better with his writing. So, so uh, time. you'll appreciate this. I thought I, I well, I, I I put a note in here and somehow I I screwed it up. So my only note is this teleplay by George R. R. Martin, the feline staff of a peach joint fight a crime of silver has been called for. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I just, I, so I screwed that up, but, uh, but you mentioned the, the JG Jerry Lee Lewis thing where it's like, Oh, he married his cousin. I would, I would, you imagine like George R. R. Martin, like with his, like, you know, Dom DeLuise caps, like says what, but you know, like that's interesting. Looked, yeah. George, George R. R. Martin. I'm just putting this together. I, I, I think he looks like the one dude from, uh, uh, gargoyles, the one gargoyle, like the big heavy set one with the long beard. I don't know why like <laughs> that just popped in my head like well, there's there's some other cartoon connections here uh, that we're talking about in a second so i've been thinking about cartoons a lot it just, he, looks, he just looks like a guy that's like a sea captain right that has like been around Gordon and- <laughs> <laughs> but but he's only eating the batter part but not the fish part you can just tell like <laughs> And I say that as a large man, right? Like I get it. Um, so I, I will have a George R. R. Martin specific comment later. Please remind me. I think it's yeah. very appropriate to this episode. So yeah, I just yes. I, I love the in our group chat. I sent that video to uh, to the group of uh, Martin interviewing Stephen King, mm-hmm. and just like, just in awe of the output that Stephen King has you know done over the years. Martin's like, how the hell? Like what the? <laughs> no, like King was like, I write six pages a day, good, bad, otherwise, right? Which is, I've been saying that phrase again, right? And then, and then he's like, but Martin's like, don't you get distracted by everything? He's like, well, he's like, yeah, I do, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, it's such a mu- like, it's a muscle memory and reflex for him, right? To be like, I got to get all the like King is really, really good at like, um, just getting it out. Right. And then he will do something where he'll take it like whatever story screenplay, not sorry, story, novella, novel. Right. And then set it he, like, you don't know. He has a closet full of so many manuscripts that it's going to be interesting when he leaves this earth. Please. It, we're recording this on his birthday. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm glad um, you brought that up. Yeah. Well, because it's also my wedding anniversary. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Like, I just, oh, that, well, meaning like, meaning like, I always forget, I always forget both. <laughs> Also, Bill well, Murray's birthday. What better way to celebrate yeah. both of those? But the, yeah. the yeah. recording of yeah. podcast with your buddy. It, but the thing is, like, I didn't pick that day for our <laughs> wedding to be like, oh, it's Stephen King's birthday. That would be cool because I love Stephen King. It was more like, um, that's the only day people were flying out to Vegas to go to the wedding, so we got to pick that day. It was one of those things, right? I was like, guess we're getting married that Wednesday, you know, whatever. So, no, but he has a closet full of so many different manuscripts that when he does leave this earth. 
I'm sure his estate, he's going to have, like, I, I can't even tell you, I can't even imagine how many books released after he's gone, right? Because he lets things sit for a while because he's like, you might fall in love with something the moment you're done with it and think it's amazing, but you got to give it six months so you forget about it, right? Meaning you can come back from it with fresh eyes. So he's learned to kind of let things sit for a while because he's like, um, especially his short stories, he's like, I might like it. And then I'll pull it back out six months later and be like, this is garbage. And it would like self-destruct like over time. So he's the opposite of like Martin where he's like, I just, I'm going to write it, put it out there, come back to it. Is there, is there something worthy of it? I'm going to do some edits and rewrites. And Martin's like, I've written one word today and it is cousin. <laughs> yeah. I, when that, when, when he does pass, it's going to like uh, the arc from, uh, you know, Indiana Jones, we're just going to open up and everything's just going to fly out of it. And people's faces are going to melt. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, going to be amazing. But anyway, but just, not, think, not his death, no. but the, the, the quantity of, uh, of material that will come out oh. that, you know, King didn't think was good enough, but we're going to be like, Holy crap. I mean, okay. I'll just say this and, and, and sorry, I'm not dragging this out, but like if he passes before, uh, Tabitha, you, and also his sons, you know, Owen and Joe, um, and I, and he has, um, his daughter too, right? Like, you know, that like, like Joe Hill's established writer, Owens and also established writer, you, you know, there's going to be a vice, like in terms of like, we're not just going to publish shit, right? Like you could tell, like, I could tell, oh, like, yeah. you know, like they're going to, like, if it just becomes a thing where like, you know, one of them comes in and is like, I, I you know, this is his intent. I, this is my addition. Take it for what you want. Like, I think it's going to be in good hands. I'll put it that way. He's, uh, he's not raised any fools. Right. And they've had success on their own. So yeah, anyway, yeah, most definitely. But, Sorry, yeah, so we'll, but you mentioned we'll, George R. R. Martin. This is not about Stephen King, but continue, please. That video is yeah. great. So if you want to share it on social media, it's a lot of fun. Cause like Martin, I, I love that. He's just a human being. And he's just like, how do you do this? You know, <laughs> like also he's, he's a New York Jets fan. So he must, he must hate himself as a person. <laughs> Yeah, he's been just too busy watching the Jets lose for years. That's why he's uh, that's you know, why hasn't been able like, to put out the, the like, amount of everyone's like, oh, Game of Thrones. It's like it's so brutal. It's like, yeah, he's a Jets fan. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, or what is it? The White Walkers? Is that is that New England? <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> it's, that makes sense. It's just, it's Belichick is the Night King, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so our cast here, um, we don't have much of a cast as far as like the main players. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to kind of list off who I think is kind of like more important here, and then you can fill in the blanks. But Fair we have Je- uh, Jeff Yeager is uh, he plays double duty here. So he plays uh, Gary Pickett, or Pick Pickin, 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 yeah. yeah. And he also plays Elvis Presley. Spoiler. In this. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was on uh, the show V from the '80s. He was also on an episode of Tales from the Crypt and an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. So he was also born in Lawrence, Kansas, where Carnival of Souls was filmed. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, um, isn't it? Yeah. Connected. Uh, that's what I have for him. Um, so what else you got? Yeah. So we have, uh, Lisa Jane Persky. Uh, she plays Sandra in this. She was in, um, kiss meets the phantom of the park. This movie I have not seen, but it lives in infamy because of how ridiculous it supposedly is. But this is the kiss film where they, okay. <laughs> I just, 
So I I love that so many people have made fun of it. It's kind of had like the same kind of a uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space kind of like. I know we always talk about earmarking things to watch. I know that we're just getting fresh into the season. Do we want to do that for Halloween? Like around Halloween? I, I think we should. Okay, I think make, that would make be a, a lot note. Of fun. Like, well, like please, like make a note. Um, carve it into your skin. We'll do it. I think that'd be yeah. fun. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I can finally see what the hell. The, all the blunders of this. If I've uh, if if I've exposed myself to the, the Star Wars Halloween or the Star Wars holiday special, I need to watch this. So yeah, <laughs> extra punishment. Well, why not? Let's just do it, right? Because I've heard okay. I've heard nothing but um um terrible things about it, and we should you know make everybody else deal with it too. Yeah. So, but then she was also in a episode of Amazing Stories and. Great Balls of Fire. So she was also in no, She was also in uh, Peggy Sue Got Married and When Harry Met Sally. So it's, yeah. yeah. And then uh, next here we have Fred West. Red. Uh, I recognize this dude it's, from it's Red, Red West. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Red, <laughs> Red West. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. I said a name that actually sounds like somebody's real name. But, yes. Um, but yeah, Red West. Uh, I recognize this guy. He was in uh, Roadhouse, but he plays Mr. Harris. He was also in Walking, the original Walking Tall. And I still know what you did last summer. So, okay. All right. With that being said, um, he was actually a close personal friend of Elvis Presley and like a bodyguard. Um, so why, why yeah, I've they, seen interviews with him yeah. uh, talking about Elvis. Actually. Why that gives him the permission to say a word that he says in this episode. I do not understand. Uh, but yeah, um, he, uh, was in, what was it? Um, uh, Natural Born Killers, Kid Galahad, which is an Elvis film. I'm gonna I'm gonna list a lot of these Elvis films that like I, I almost made a quiz for you of like real or fake Elvis film, but you wouldn't have mattered. They're all ridiculous. Uh, Blue Hawaii, Wild in the Country, Clam Bake, Spin Out, Paradise, Hawaiian Style, Harem Scarum, Tickle Me, Girl Happy, Roustabout, Sexual Assault, Viva Las Vegas, Fun. One of the sorry, Sexual Assault wasn't a real film. Uh, fun oh, I was just Poco. Say, I'm like, how did what? <laughs> Funeroco <laughs> Poco, um, just over the shirt. Um, it happened in, at the World's Fair. Uh, uh, follow that dream and flame and star. Uh, two of those I made up. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just over the shirt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. just some hand stuff. Just um, some hand stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I'm home by ten. Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely recognize this dude immediately from uh, you know Roadhouse. I that, I mean, I love Roadhouse. I so love Roadhouse. If there's any well. way to ever bring up Roadhouse in any of our discussions, it is one of it. It, that movie should not exist, and because it does, it should not be as fun. Um, and kind of amazing as it is, it is, it's just like, like, um, like, like, I, I don't believe in a higher power, but the fact that Roadhouse exists, Roadhouse exists kind of makes me believe in a higher power. Like it makes no <laughs> sense how like the film is so much fun and it, it takes itself seriously too at the same time, which is so stupid, you know, like, I don't know, like, yeah. Anyway, yes, I love Roadhouse so much. Yeah. It's a great film. But uh, yeah, and then the next and last credit that I will bring up is uh, Paul Riding or Paul, yeah, Paul Riding. Uh, he was Sam Phillips in this uh, episode from of Tales from the Dark Side. He was also in Biodome, ridiculous film, but <laughs> it's one of the credits I knew of his. But he did a lot of voice work. Yes, uh, he's, lots, yeah. of, actually, like tons of voice work. Yeah. So uh, known for doing uh, voice work and 
the Transformers film and uh, some of the cartoons that they had done otherwise. Uh, Toxic Crusaders, because it's a ridiculous cartoon and I had to bring it up. But I think the thing that this dude would probably be making the most paycheck from is his voice work in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, he was in Metal oh. Gear. Uh, he's from Cleveland, by the way. Let's point that out. But, uh, oh, nice. But, he, but the, the Transformer he played was Perceptor. He was the one that would turn into the microscope. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he played Pa Kent in a couple animated films for Superman, uh, Mephisto, and Diablo 2. Um, did you mention Tales from the Dark Side? Maybe you did. Um, yeah. He was also the voice in the original God of War game as the Gravedigger slash Zeus. So yeah, like pretty cool. Yeah, I just uh, I and I think I mispronounced his name. It's but eating. I, it's e eating. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. why I put riding because <laughs> riding sounds. That's a much more natural sounding name for you know. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, so, anybody yeah, else you have? I have. Obviously, I can't type. Uh, but no, that was it for the okay. credits here. So the one the one I'll mention here we have Mitch Carter as Scotty. Uh, he was in Freddy's Nightmares and Children of the Corn, and that's about it. So uh, other bills, everybody else here was like just minor credits. Again, no offense to them, it is what it is, right? So and, and they're not really doing a whole lot when it comes to moving this story along. So I, yes, know. yeah. So all right. Um, so let's just get into the Once and Future King. Uh, by the way, I thought I thought that we were um, done with Charles Aidman. I was wrong about this. Uh, we get. We get one of his uh, wonderful intros, and by wonderful, I mean um, I don't like it. But we're gonna play, we're gonna listen to it. We're getting to the Once a Future King. Exit one, Gary Pitkin, singer, impersonator, and restless subject of a dead king named Elvis Aaron Presley, a frustrated young man born twenty-five years too late, who is about to find his own place to dwell down at the end of Lonely Street in a neighborhood called. The Twilight Zone. Shut up. Just shut up, Aiden. Just <laughs> shut up. Like, you didn't need, like, come on. We're going to get enough, uh, like, reference. We don't, you know, like, even if you would have been, like, you're down at the end of Lonely Street and the Twilight Zone, not a streak. It's just calm down. Just whatever. Don't like it. Yeah. Not a fan. I, I, I just, I, I think that's going to be the thing that, um, I will miss the most about not having Mr. Aiden around anymore because I just think that. That it makes me chuckle to hear some of the shit that he has to say. It's just like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, were you even like, did you watch any of this stuff? Like, or what? Who scripted this? I just feel like I feel like that now with with the 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 writer strike and like the the actor strike and everything. When they talk about how like um like AIs can be brought in to write stuff, I think Charles Aidman was like his his last name. The first letters are AI, so it makes me wonder. If he's even a real person at this point, they just like they're just like, yeah, just whatever. He'll spit something out. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so not 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 my favorite intro, but yeah, like yeah. So we meet Gary, uh, Gary, who is an Elvis impersonator. Um, also, a brief aside, not a good lip syncer. Very uh, not good at uh, syncing up to the actual like uh, Elvis stuff being played here. Uh, did you expect? this episode to like dive deep in like the actual Elvis Presley catalog in terms of playing songs in full. That was very, it, that took me by surprise because it just tells me how this wasn't as valued as it is now, you know, in terms of like um, that would normally like, how much would you pay in music rights to play Elvis in an episode? I, I think that it would be the, the, the cost would be so high that they would just like, make up a different uh singer instead and it'd be like well the narrative is going to be about somebody who's like elvis then so we can make our own music and not have to pay the cost because 
that's one of the things that um, legal rights are huge over mm-hmm. uh, for le- releasing well, films back to DVD or anything like that. That's like, like Malcolm in the Middle, like was delayed forever because of the music rights, right? In terms of like how much was being used during each episode. So when it actually got was put on DVD, it was a big problem. And even when it got released to Netflix, they even had to change the intro music, if I recall. Like, Married with Children also had to change their intro music, too, because of That's rights. true, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to bring up the yeah. Married, children, Married with Children one. Yeah. So. Um, but it's just, yeah, this one's weird. I would just, I, you know, like, uh, which I'm, this is not going to be the first time I reference Bubba Hotep um, with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I love Bubba Hotep. I, I do, too. But, did, like, there's <laughs> never once a single Elvis song in that movie. They find a way to um, skirt around it because they can't, they couldn't afford to do it, you know, because Elvis is like a public figure. So you can have a movie about Elvis. Right. And there's even a movie in the last couple of years that was about David Bowie that didn't include a single David Bowie song. And there's also one about Kurt Cobain too, last couple of years. Yeah. Don Cascarelli wouldn't have like, he would have just been like, (laughs) he wouldn't even try to entertain the idea of putting Elvis music in it because he'd been like, that would have put our, production way over budget yeah so so the fact that we get like the full you know the, the full song here and we get our main character of gary performing in a bar that no one's giving a shit about except for like the bartender and his manager and then he gets you know off stage whatever and then i i don't like gary gary's a, an, an idiot i don't like him at all um he is like you're an elvis impersonator and you're using like the fake sideburns and hairpiece or whatever and he's just like, oh, if you could book me someplace, could it be like, it's like, where, like, you have standards? You're an Elvis impersonator. Shut up. You know, like, calm down. Like, I understand this is your day gig. Like, what original music are you making? I don't know. I don't, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Yeah. But it's not too, it's not too surprising that in certain scenarios like this, where a guy's like, I have talent. I'm the best ever. But living, obviously in the shadow of somebody as huge as Elvis, but it's like no one else can give him that kind of credit either. It's like th- to see that bar, there's no one else there. There's like one older lady is like losing it. It's like, of course it's like, but they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, and it's funny because we're watching this episode, uh, not too far after uh, me going to Oktoberfest and mo- working it. There was an Elvis impersonator there the day I worked there. So Oktoberfest, it was a it was a a large celebration of beer that was happening here in Cleveland. It was like multiple things going on, right? So just clarify that a little bit so people understand. Yeah, um, so like yeah, our, our Cleveland, you know, the, the, we're in Cleveland, so the Cleveland Oktoberfest is you know like a traditional kind of uh, celebration of German heritage and German food. But uh, at ours, we will typically have um, cover bands, and uh, you know, in this case, Elvis impersonator, and he went, he went really into it. Like he had the jumpsuits that had like this, the stones all over it. He was, he had the, the, you know, the pieces of fabric that he was laying on women's shoulders and stuff. Like this guy was really into it. That guy had talent. This Joker here was not impressing anybody, and, and Gary and his character. But he is really, really convinced that he has something that he needs to explore. And when his, um, I guess it's his manager yeah. says that, uh, hey, I got you a string of gigs at this place in Vegas. And it's all set up for you. This is the next best thing. And he's like, ah, I don't want to go to Vegas. Vegas, this is like a, a trashy thing. It was never good for Elvis. And it ruined his life. And I don't want to go down that same path. 
Like I'm, I am a musician. I'm going to be something. And Vegas is just not it for me. Yeah. I just, he hits the head, the nail on the head, like twice, like oh, Vegas killed Elvis. I want to be like, no, I don't know. I don't know about Vegas killed Elvis. I'm pretty sure Elvis killed Elvis, whatever. Anyway. So, um, so anyway, but he knows, he knows his, he knows the life and much like, um, and I, and you and I've talked here on the show about our own upbringings, about our own appreciation of music that, that you and I were raised in households that had like a previous generation's love of different types of music. So, right. I grew up with my grandparents. So I listened to a lot of doo-wop and uh, Elvis, especially. Yeah. Um, and like and my mom, like the same thing, early Beatles, Motown, like Elvis. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, like same thing. Right. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe the, like, you know, maybe not specific, like the overlap is there. I'll just put it that way. Uh, so like, so there, there is this thing there where it's like, you understand people are like, Oh, I liked Elvis early versus like his jumpsuit Vegas era. Fair enough. Or I like the Beatles early versus like their, their jumpsuit Vegas era. <laughs> That's not you know, anything after Sergeant Pepper, right? People, there's a before and after, like I get that too. And with this guy being like, well, I'm an, I'm an early Elvis adopter. Like he was the, he, that's when, that's when it mattered. Right. Like, and it's like, yeah, you have your integrity, but it's like also the same time you're, you're getting, you're getting paid to do a thing. I, I don't know. Like I just, I, I'll just say that when we get to what's happening next, I just Gary and also the actor, Jeff Yeager, when he's not playing Elvis, he has the energy of like, he was like a guy that was like almost picked to be the host of Blues Clues, and it just pisses me off the entire time. Like, I don't know. He has the energy of a kid show host that I just want to punch in the face. I don't like it. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> All right. It's just, you know, I don't know if you feel the same. It's just, it's just like, oh, Elvis, it's you. It's just like, just shut up. Shut up, Gary. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he just like I'm too good for Vegas, like le- whatever. But then the important thing is to remember. It's going to loop back later. Is that um, that his manager's like, oh, I met Elvis once. He gave me a scarf, but then was like rambling for three hours. It's like, is that is that is that a good memory of Elvis? <laughs> you know, like. And then Gary's like, yeah, he was kind of kind of weird towards the end. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like at least at least for like calling it out. You know, because he was, she was like, yeah, he kept talking about how, like, you know, somebody was like, she said somebody was chasing him and he wasn't himself or whatever it was, whatever. So then he leaves, gets in his car and has to find some rock and roll music, right? Versus like whatever was playing on this day and age. And we get like, I, I would thought the POV of the drunk driver was going to pay off. It didn't. Right? It did not, yeah, and I was I was really confused by like because the the setup for that shot. It's like it it took a minute to try to it had to have taken a minute to get that right, you know, because especially with the uh, the rear view mirror and how that like kind of yeah. worked into citing what just happened. Yeah, so it's I thought that was going to pay off. It didn't. He gets run off the road, um, and it's like that whole sequence is shot not great. But then the next day, his car's flipped over. Uh, Gary's fine. He gets out. His first thing, his first inclination is I got to grab my guitar, make sure my playing hands. Okay. Fair enough. But then as he's going to hitchhike, uh, you know, an older vehicle, that's a tow truck pulls up and he gets it. And he's like, he's like, golly gee, you're Elvis, you know, whatever. And it, it's a guy that looks like Elvis, which is also the same actor, Jeff Yeager with like, you know, like I credit also like once he's actually done up, he does look like Elvis. I will say that. Um, like, you know, 90% Elvis. I don't know. 
Uh, like you get it, right? But when he's being, but he's being Jeff with his mop haircut, haircut and like whatever, it's like very punchable. But yeah, we get the whole thing with them and the the the, the tow truck and. I don't know. We get this terrible split screen shot of the two of them together. It makes me so mad. Yeah. And I mean, obviously from the get here, we are understanding that somehow Gary was transported back in time. And that the guy sitting next to him is the real Elvis Presley, but not Elvis Presley that we all know yet. So it's like, it's now I'm confused at this moment. It's like, all right, so is this before he gets big? Is this an alternate dimension? What it's, the hell? It's is literally the day before, right? Cause like somehow, thankfully there's a newspaper sitting in the tow truck, right? It's the day before Elvis goes into sun record. Is it sun records? I forget what it is. I think they said sun records. Yeah. 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 And, and he records, you know, um, his big, his first big hit. And it's like 24 hours before this. And I just gotta tell you, this is the shittiest episode of quantum leap I've ever seen. Um, I'm joking because there was an episode where Sam actually did leap into Elvis at one point in one of the last seasons, but this is what it feels like. He's like, I'm going to here to help you. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your best friend, Elvis. And like, I feel like that the script was like, you have to say the word Elvis every two minutes or people are not going to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably not. Because yeah. even even in this exchange that they have, he's in the truck with them for what, like all of 30 seconds? And he's like, oh, my God, I know exactly who you are, and I know what you're about to do tomorrow. And it's like, all right, dude, who the hell are you, and why do you know so much about my life? Yeah, that's when I would start being a little bit more suspicious. You're wearing a Chuck Berry t-shirt that, like, you know, that's not going to play well in a minute. You know, anyway. Which so. they don't have that back then, too. Just as a, a Screen printing t-shirts? Yeah. Yes, they didn't have that. You weren't wearing the band shirts back then that just wasn't a thing like you, yes. like back then you'd be like yeah i got like a conway twitty shirt like, <laughs> conway twitty. <laughs> like well this is in memphis too it's like who, who the hell is big in memphis <laughs> hank williams yeah hank williams it would just be hank williams not hank williams senior just hank williams right that's yeah. what it'd be right like you know uh jonathan cash I don't know. Um, so, um, but yeah, like, it, yeah. Um, so, uh, whatever. Anyway, Conway 20, that, that, that <laughs> took me off guard. Right. So then, um, but there was the whole thing. What was it? Like, uh, he, when Elvis was like, you look all shook up. I wanted to punch the the past so hard. I wanted to somehow also end up at a car crash to where I could end up then. <laughs> to just punch like i want to go back to george r R. martin be like don't do this you know but anyway so yeah anyway you're like gary go back uh, and lay under that car again and just die (laughs) just go back please the world will be better (laughs) off right um yeah so all right so then we they get to they get to town and that's whenever uh elvis gets out and he is encountered by red um you know the guy the the person that's supposed to be his boss in this episode the actual person that was a friend of Elvis, uh, the literal act, the person sees Gary wearing this Chuck Berry shirt and says the N word yeah. on. He says, is that an N on your shirt? A picture of an N on your shirt? And it's like, <sighs> whoa. And I was like, this is 86. Did they I'm like, say that? I'm like, like, like can you they do say that? that? Like, I- yeah. And I'm just like, cool. I mean, I know that language was being used back in the day, but I'm like, well, did they show that? On it was the being TV used in they... 54, but I'm like, this is for broadcast, you know, like yeah. just 
Well, yeah, because like oh, also, by the way, it's, I, I wrote my my notes here before they pull up to uh, the the whatever they're at. I was like, oh, 1954, and as they're pulling up to like, you see all the people outside. I was like, 1954, far as the white can see, you know, because there was, was like, well, we, this is Memphis. I know. I, yeah, I was going to say it was kind of unspoken until it got very spoken. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that, right? Like, the Twilight Zone in the mid-60s didn't do that, right? It was during, like, I'm not saying that they, I, let me put it this way. Not that I'm saying that they should have or they would have the license to do so, but it would have been one of those things that's like, oh, man, times have changed. This is the mid-80s, you know, like, in terms of shooting, you could have found a better way of saying a thing. Also, not say it at all. How about that? Because it didn't matter, right? It, like, did, it didn't matter. Like, I, I mean, it doesn't do anything no, else for the plot. No. Other than to make me feel like I wanted to throw up in my mouth a little bit. But yeah, anyway, so then there's this whole thing where, like, Gary's trying to convince Elvis, like, for him to help him. And then also, like, there's this whole, like, this whole thing about how Elvis had a twin that died at birth, which is true. Right. And, but he's like, is it you? Is it you, Jesse? You should come home and visit mom. It's like, mom is going to have questions. You know, <laughs> if, if she watched, what if her children die at birth and be like, Oh no, no. Somehow you got out and you're just wandering around. Like it's all, it just, I, it's so stupid. I hate this Wait. exchange. I hate it so much. <laughs> They're like, we got Belial over here, and he somehow made it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, like for Basket Case, where we have Gary being like like the main guy, but Belial having like the Elvis, like um, like the hair, <laughs> like the Elvis hair, like the big, like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, he can play guitar, but you got to give him a really tiny guitar. <laughs> Oh my god! I just like I just like this whole twin thing. I didn't know that that was a thing. That is obviously like no, his brother did die. Interesting twist. Yeah, yeah. No, it's that's the like like we'll get to this in a minute. But like a lot of what actually happened in this episode is factually true, um, with the exception of like the big things, right? No, but he did have a twin that died at birth. That's that's true. And then he's like, oh. Like you are my brother, and then then he's like, "What's your name?" And then Gary's like, "Sorry, Gary, sorry, um, Jeff." Uh, no, Gary, sorry, Jeff's his real name. Gary's the, doesn't matter. It's all just, uh, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Uh, Gary's like, "You can call me whatever you want, Elvis, but I'm just I want to help you." And he's like, "All right, well, you know, I got a key to this place, and it's closed tomorrow. We should come help out." He's like, "Okay, I'll do that, Elvis." And then, um, but then like, uh. Gary keeps like telling him, he's like, Oh, you're going to be amazing. You're going to do all this. So then we get this weird shift um, where they're like in like this office area, like this loading dock area, which um, it's the same day. Did you notice that? Like, cause like, cause Elvis is like, I have a key. And suddenly they're hanging out like after the commercial break. And it's like, Oh, is it the next day? No, it's the same day. It, 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 that's weird to me, but well, yeah. What yeah. Do, all right. So yeah, when he has this confrontation with red too, um, yeah, Elvis is being yelled at. He's being scolded yeah. not only for being late, but he brought a, a hitchhiker, hitchhiker yeah. with him. Where it's like, okay, so it's like, but then they just leave. And it's like, wait a minute, 
doesn't he have to go back to work? Yeah. He just leaves the site. It's like, where did they go get cheeseburgers? What happened? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Come on. You know, you're Elvis. Uh, so um, if you didn't know that, that's something you liked. Uh, so, and, and a lot of drugs, I could tell after a, a lot, a lot of drugs. Uh, so yeah, you can tell that after a while. Yeah. Um, and cocaine later, uh, it's just, you know, you got to put that on. Like, you know, that's where the flavor comes from. But, um, so, but no, they, they cut back to like, you know, uh, Gary's going to help Elvis like get ready for the next day, like for his next, his, whatever he's doing. But then like Gary's like telling him like, he's, he's breaking all time travel rules, right? Being like, you're going to do all this stuff. It's going to be amazing, but there is going to be controversies. And I'm like, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, like, like how you will marry an underage girl. Like, you know, like it's going to be great, but you're going to marry an underage girl. Maybe, you know, maybe don't do that, you know, but anyway, so it's like, he's like, it's going to be good, but there's going to be scandals. They're not going to say the scandals out loud. Right. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. now that is the funny thing about this because yeah, you're, you're, you're saying the time travel rules. Wouldn't you already be like, he was one of the biggest stars to ever record music of all time. I think we can just let the autopilot go here for <laughs> right? a little bit. Yeah. Just steer clear. Right. Like just, yeah. Cause like that, when I mentioned the episode of quantum leap, this happens to where like it goes into where like Sam ends up like screwing up like that happening. So he has to try to fix it. Not that he was trying to influence it just because he's a time traveler and because he can't pick where he's going to show up at. It's like, that's kind of like the whole thing is like, well, how do I get Elvis back on track? Not that he is like, I'm going to help you, you know, like, you know, it's just with this, it's like, yeah, you're going to do all these things. And then it's like, you know, you're actively influencing, but you already know how history is going to be. It just the conundrum here pisses me off. I'll just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's it's like Elvis yeah. really didn't uh, have any conflicts with his life until like <laughs> after he had served and you know, and after he had like really became the megastar that he was. Like we're talking probably fifteen years into his career when he when he finally started to have some some concern. You know, yeah, people that I mean, were coming into his life that were not the most savory. Well, what was it? Um, Oh, the Colonel was it Tom Parker, right? Was there early and like, yeah, they're, they're, but in terms of like the day of his being a star is born moment, you steer clear, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I agree with that, but yeah, but like, but, but here's like, you're going to do all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And then he finds out the song that Elvis is going to play. And it's like this ballad, that it's just, it's just kind of there, right? It might as well have been the song from Jezebel for all I care. Um, you know, which would have been amazing. If that was the one he was playing. Um, but, but Gary's like, no, 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 you got to play this. And he started playing, you know, that's all right, mama, whatever. But he also had this awkward moment where he was trying to Marty McFly it. You know what I mean? Like by launching himself and doing like the knee slide and like, and there was this brief bit where he was like, just like, you know, like doing the hip thrust. I'm just like, like I, you know what? It was better when Forrest Gump taught this guy how to do this shit. Like it was just, <laughs> it just, it annoyed me. But then Elvis is like, "No, that's indecent. Like I can't do that. That's like you know, whatever, right?" He, he Those suddenly dance moves are the devil. He suddenly became Jethro from the Beverly Hillbillies. You know, <laughs> you know, like he he's like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't want Grandma seeing me do that." But yeah, so yeah, whatever. But then it just became a thing where Gary kept like egging Elvis to be like, you know you need to do this. This is how it has to be. And this, I will say I did like in this episode that eventually Elvis gets pissed off enough to take a swing at him. So then we get this fight scene in like this warehouse and we get this back and forth where a guitar gets broken and Gary's dodging, trying to like, you know, help Elvis, but then Elvis lunges and, um, kills himself. 
on a guitar, a guitar bridge. And I, I think it's really interesting though here is that Elvis is just completely unhinged right now. <laughs> yes, like, yes. dude, he wants to murder Gary. And I'm like, why? Because he just thought that he was being like crude. But he also was like, his, you're the, you're like, you're the devil. You know, you're not my brother. I'm, like, I'm going to kill the yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, you ain't no friend of mine. I'm, again, I just want to go back in time right now. Like I want to jump into the quantum leap accelerator and just like murder everybody. Anyway. Yeah. yeah um, George yeah. R. R. Martin people. I mean, there you go. <laughs> he did this. He, yeah. he wrote the teleplay, so he could have changed some stuff. He could have. So, yeah, we get this happening where Elvis, like, kills himself. So here, here's mentioning George R. R. Martin. Everybody, people that might be pissed off at Game of Thrones, it was very obvious here. He had no problem killing kings early. <laughs> oh, man. There it is. There's there's the joke. Um, but, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, moving on. I'm like, I thought about this for a while. I thought that was pretty damn good. Thank uh, that's you good. I, yeah, it's a, it was a good one. Yeah. I I commend I commend your <laughs> efforts there. Uh, um, but, yeah, I just, like. Yeah. I, the de- the death is kind of anticlimactic oh, in yeah. a sense. Yeah. But it's like, but yeah, here he is. He's he's dead, and uh, Gary, of course, is just like, ah, shit. It's like this dude's not going to be able to go record like the song. He's not going to be able to like carry on this this journey of music that is going to influence millions of people. You know, like to, and it's like he has this bright idea. Ah. I already know all the music. I know how to live this life. I know how to get him on the straight and narrow that he'll never, ever have any problems. And I'm going to do it for myself now. Never, I already look like ever. the dude. Yeah. Never any problems ever. You're right. <laughs> so you right. So he goes, but but he's yeah. like, that's like, that's the, I mean, that's real efforts that he's trying to make here when he's talking at Elvis. It's like, you're going to run into these people and then they make you make bad decisions and you're going to make bad decisions. I don't want you to make bad decisions because I want you to be around for the rest of like my life and everybody else's life and make more great music. And it's like, dude, I mean, I understand that, but, and it's a really interesting plot point here, but Gary, Gary effed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So, so yeah, he buries Elvis and realizes like, I should do this. And then somehow he finds like, you know, uh, sideburns and hair and spirit gum or whatever, and goes in to record. That's all right, mama. And that like, like, and that sends like, you know, that puts him on course. Right. And then we get, um, we get a cut to Vegas later where he's like, you know, in his like later days talking to somebody and just like, we, I get that we're supposed to close the circle with this. This sequence goes on way too goddamn long. Like it just goes on and on and on. And, 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 um, and Jeff Yeager is, uh, he's not a strong enough performer to do it. You know, it's just meandering and, and just, just talking about like, I tried to do the best and like, I did everything the way he wanted me to do. And I'm like, again, and marrying a young girl that was underage. Thanks. Thanks. You know, Oh, against your will had to follow what Elvis did. You know? And he's like, I think he would have liked it, but also like, but also like, you killed him. Like, you don't know what he likes. You're now living this, this loop based upon what you thought you knew of this man, that now that you know you were this man, who created who? Right? Like, just, it, I, I hate this, this fallacy of like, well, this happened. Well, why? Because I know it happened. But then you made it happen. But then how did it exist? Like, it didn't come out of whole cloth. Like, it's always been a constant. And this... 
this episode isn't strong enough to make that make sense. And I, I think the, the interesting thing about this here too, is that he's always still living in the shadow of somebody else. You know, it's like, he's never actually going to be Gary Rockstar. He's going to be Elvis, the dude who really already had the path and he just had to stay on it. Like he had to stay on the dotted line. But, the but, entire but, time. but was the path though his to begin with or, or Elvis's to begin with? That's what I'm saying. Like, cause it, cause we know what happened, right? Cause he closed the loop by giving the scarf to his future manager. Right. Um, so meaning had he never actually went back, would this ever happen to begin with? Would Elvis have ever taken this course because Elvis never took a course because Elvis died because Der- Gary took, the thing from him. So Elvis, as what we know him as never existed. It's all, you know uh, what I mean? Like, I see, I see. You, yeah. You, you, I, like, I, that was a, that was a thought in my mind too. So, so it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, it gets yeah, an interesting, like, you know, mind puzzle, but it's just annoying. Cause it's like, well, if you already know what happened, but you also know there's going to be, like you mentioned, like um, problems, then if you're, if your thing is like, well, Elvis did it this way, um, I'm going to, to do all the good, but then, you know, maybe not marry an underage girl and then maybe not all the cocaine and, and still do better. Right. That also means that he's like, Oh man, I have to purposely become fat Elvis and wait for my time for Vegas to come calling. I mean, that must've been some easy days <laughs> you know, like sitting around Graceland being like, guess I'll just eat peanut butter banana sandwiches and shoot TVs. You know, whatever. But like, I guess I'll hang out with Nixon and become a DEA agent. You know, like just, um, I I like the idea of being haunted because he's always like I like he always tells me that like you know like I owe him like I like that bit of it and the the in shot of him looking out the window on the strip, and it's like you could tell that he's a man that is haunted. I like that. It's just that the logic of this just it just. It pisses me off. I'll just put it that, that way. Was, that was the sequence that I liked the most was that end part where he's just like holding the gin or whatever and yeah. just looking out the window. It's like, yeah, I, even I didn't want to be here, I I created this own Yeah, like you, you never wanted to be in, like a late stage Elvis impersonator, but that's exactly what you are. Like, I get that. Like, it's, that's okay. Like, in terms of like a story beat, I get it. It's just this whole, this whole um, segment just annoyed me so much. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you enjoyed it more than me, but I just I, I just Jeff Yeager as a performer. Like I said, he had his uh, Blues Clues energy playing Gary, and then his Elvis was okay, right? But like it's just annoying to me. Also, um, I don't know if you have other notes, but I'll tell you another reason why I'm annoyed by this episode here in a second. Any other notes? No, no, that was okay. it. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, okay. dude. No, it's okay. So, of course, there was a commentary track from friend friend of the show, Phil DeGuerre. <laughs> Executive <laughs> producer of the show series, right? And I told you about my frustration with some of his takes. He was watching this, and he was like, this is like one of – this is his favorite segment of the, um, the revival of the Twilight Zone. That just tells me how far apart he and I are of a mind, right? But he, so, so the one thing, so a couple things I'll mention here is that he specifically couldn't recall when this aired because the show was bounced around over and over again, which we know that, right? Um, but he said, he's like, he's like, by my estimation, he's like, I think 25 million people watched this when it aired, which sounds amazing to us now, but there was only three major networks at the time, right? So, that wasn't anything, 
right? So meaning that there was still this big fan base, but it, it didn't seem to move the needle for CBS, which is frustrating. So I thought that was interesting. But he also pointed out too that um, that this actually mirrors the first segment of the first season, Saturday, where we had a story uh, with an actor playing two roles. I thought that was kind of a cool parallel with Bruce Willis playing both of those, right? So I thought that the good on him to point out, I'm like, oh yeah, he did start your season off kind of kind of with a similar theme, right? Of what could have been. So I'll, I'll yeah. give it that. It um, was pretty popular in the '80s at that point too. I mean, like a character actor playing multiple characters mm-hmm. and uh, just like, I just, and in their, and their interactions with each other. I, I always found that fascinating, like uh, something like uh, coming to America. Yeah. Know? So, um, so then also I'll mention here that just cause I wanted to make a note that Elvis died um, August 16th, 77. So with this being released, not even, you know, not even 10 years after like that, it would be it would be akin to us doing like if there was you know an, something now that was dealing with well, I mean this is even like older now um, like was it um, like Amy Whitehouse I think that's in the last ten years but I'd say like I was going to say Kurt Cobain but that's been more than twenty right like yeah you know like something like you know that like Elvis as a an icon is like undeniable right but also for the Twilight Zone to revisit to visit his shadow so to speak. Um, I think like you know, that, that, I think that's like good on them tackling something like that. I just, I'm not saying that this was handled well, you know, so I can't think of another, um, performer of that magnitude, um, that we would go back now and be like, you know, what if we just go, go and visit that within 10 years of their passing? Right. Like, I don't know who we do. Right. So I think that's worthy of note. And then also we mentioned also Red West, you know, being a uh, friend and, and bodyguard and racist. I'm kidding. Maybe. Um, but then there's that last bit at the end where it's like the Elvis Presley estate gave permission to use Elvis's likeness. And it's like, Oh, somehow they like, they, they like, they're like, you know what? He came out looking pretty good here, except for the whole being murdered by uh, Gary part. So I'm actually kind of surprised that they, uh, they did green light this because like the whole, the whole him getting murdered. And so it's not really Elvis. Like I had imagined somebody within the camp being like, no, I don't like the idea of that happening. Yeah. But I would also say like, they're like, Oh, like they're like, yeah. So people are coming up to you. There's gonna be some scandals. Like they're probably like, don't mention the underage girl thing. Don't mention the cocaine, you know, like, like give us the, the whitewashed version of Elvis and you have our permission. Right. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, that that's the once and future king. Uh, any other thoughts, whatever, before we get to that twist? No, I, I think we're ready for the twist. <laughs> okay, so the twist rating is always here is one through five. One meaning we saw it uh, from a mile away. Five meaning mind blowing, but does not affect our feeling of the segment itself. I'm gonna give. I didn't see the fight mid episode in which Elvis dies, so I'll give that a three. I did not see that coming. I, I was actually pretty, I, I would say that I was pretty floored by all of this. I'm going to give all of it a, a, a five because I just didn't know where the hell it was going to go. And like the wrap up, I guess maybe that wasn't, that was a little bit more predictable, but like 
as I was watching this, I was pretty surprised by all of it, honestly. Okay, fair enough. So there we go. Uh, that and see, that's why we do this so we can disagree, and then people can be like, "You guys fought." I don't know. We didn't really fight. So, all right, um, that's going to do it for the discussion about the Once a Future King. Um, before we can talk about what we're doing next, you guys can find us um, on Facebook at Strange Highways. You can email us directly at Strange Highways Podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. I have been recently using Podcatcher since uh, Stitcher's RIP. Um, the the feed's already out there. Like the, I didn't submit it to Podcatcher, but you can find Strange Highways there. It's a really really nice app. Uh, but yeah, if you wherever you find the podcast, rate and review us if possible. I know that's a big ask, but also too, if you enjoy the conversation, uh, let people know. You know, like the more the merrier. Word of mouth, right? There's so many. Good, goddamn podcasts out there but we've been doing this for a while so hopefully you've enjoyed everything and we'll enjoy the journey because we just started season two and we're, we're you know we have a ways to go i know there's some good coming i <laughs> there might be some bad i don't know this is a bit of a wobbly start for me so terry where can people find us otherwise uh we're still on instagram uh hanging out over there having some fun um you know we may not be posting as quickly as po- as we would like to but you know life happens we got you know, we got other things going on, other irons in the fire. But, uh, yeah, thank you for staying uh, with us. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, thank you very much. If you're new, thank you especially because um, this is something that we do as a labor of love. We've been doing it for quite a while now, and it's uh, it's always going to be fun for us, but it's even a little bit more engaging if you guys can reach out to us and tell us. Maybe, like, something that you'd like to see a, us cover because – we are done with our detours for for now, but we will get back with some detours in the future. And then yeah. especially tell us about your opinions about the episode. Did yeah, you like this don't, one? Don't don't forget, everybody. Remind us about Kiss uh, was it versus the Phantom of the Park or whatever. I want to yeah, come in October, soon, please. Soon yes. October. The spooky time of year is coming, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I get it. Like the, we're recording this like was the day or two before the end of summer. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're that, listening to this before, um, before the uh, September 29th, uh, in the Cleveland area, uh, we have a convention that we go to. Uh, I will be working at it, not necessarily signing autographs or anything like that. You could but do. You come, could. Yeah. come have a beer with me over at Cinema Wasteland in Strongsville, Ohio. Uh, it's happening yeah. uh, the weekend, the last weekend of, of September of this month. So yeah. yeah, no. So Terry will be there for autographs and nudes, but you got to talk to him about the <laughs> price points. So it's fine. So yeah. <laughs> If the price is right, um, if yeah. the price is right, yeah, you know, like, um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll have a, a banana and peanut butter sandwiches, and we'll get we'll we'll get down and dirty. <laughs> oh, I, man! Now I kind of just want to make a, a random bunch of those and just try to hand them out to people, just like. But I know it's post COVID. I mean, how good does that sound? It's, like po- it's post COVID, so people are probably going to be really like not about it. But I kind of be like, sup? Want a bit? Want a peanut butter and banana sandwich? And then maybe yeah. what if we get like a dark gun, and then we could take turns shooting a TV. What if we what if we just Elvis it up for the weekend? That'd be fun. So. I, I think it would be a great idea. Obviously, now this is invoking the spirit in me. Uh, I think <laughs> I just feel violent. And, yeah, you know, I just feel violent like Elvis. You know, <laughs> El- yeah. No, all right. So but we'll talk about aliens still too. You know. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about what we're doing next. And now. Mr. Serling. All right. So next episode is going to be uh, season two, uh, episode one, segment B. I wrote that wrong in my notes, but yeah, uh, season two, episode one, segment B, a saucer of loneliness. Um, I know it has, oh, um, Shelly Duvall Duvall in it. I know that much. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to do it for us this week. Welcome to season two, everybody. Um, 
you know, Ow. yeah, right. So it's going to get yeah. excited, get excited, get pumped. So yeah, everybody have a good week. Have a safe week in the meantime. I don't know. Meet your heroes, but don't kill them. <laughs> uh, yeah. And don't decide what's always, uh, what's always going to be good for them either. Give, give me give me your best. Uh, thank you very much, as Elvis. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.